living generously. We are on week four of this, and today the title is called Tower. Um, you're going to see the video here in just a second, but uh, before we start, I want to go back to our theme verse. Does anybody memorize it yet? 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Let's read it together. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. That's right. You remember if uh, a couple weeks ago when, uh, was it last week when he, he went to the homeless shelter to serve? And, and Ray, at the end of the video, said, Frank, I think maybe today you've gotten a little bit of a taste of true life. See, when we begin to live in a way that we're not grasping on to all that we have as tight as we can so that we won't lose it, we begin to live accepting the gifts that God gives us, but allowing them to also flow freely from us, we begin to have what's known as true life, the life that God wants us to have. So watch the movie, and, um, and we'll go from there. No, that's unacceptable. I beg your pardon? Why am I paying you? Well, if you can't fix it, then I'll find somebody who will. That's not how it was explained to me. Fine, fix it, then get back to me. Hey, it's been great having you guys down at the soup kitchen lately. Cassie's on her way back down there now, actually. Yeah, I, I heard. I suppose you heard all that other stuff too, huh? It's about our trusts. Uh, trust is very important. The Bible has a lot to say about it. No, I, I mean trusts with an S. You know, planning our future, financial security. That's what I'm talking about too. I've got this intentionally defective Granter Trust. Intentionally defective? Yeah. I think I see your problem. <laughs> Hello? Yes? What? I'm on my way right now. It's Cassie. I'm looking for Cassie Donovan. I'm her husband. Sir, I'm going to need you to wait in the waiting room. I'm sorry. I'll have someone come out and talk to you. No, I, I need to see her now. Where is she? Sir, you can't Mr. be- Mr. Donovan, I'm Dr. Harrison. 
Are, are you treating my wife? Uh, the police said something about her being mugged? Why don't we find somewhere to have a seat? I, I don't need a sit. Is she okay? Mr. Donovan, your wife has suffered a subdural hematoma. Now, our main concern is that the hematoma could continue to bleed and put pressure on her brain, cutting off the flow of oxygen. She's in an induced coma right now to keep that from happening. A coma? What are you talking about? An induced coma. We hope it won't be for very long. No, I need to see her now! Mr. Donovan, I know this isn't easy for you, but you need to allow us to do our jobs. Why don't you go for a walk? We have your number. We'll give you a call just as soon as you can come back. Mr. Donovan? Your friend asked me to tell you he went to the top floor if you needed him. Ray, what are you doing? Just getting some fresh air and perspective. All the fundraisers and dinners we've had for this place, and they won't let me see her? How do you know about this place? Well, there was a season when they could have charged me rent for all the time I spent up here. What are you talking about? Nadja, my wife. She was here. Cancer. I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's okay. I never came up in the middle of bulging, I guess. <laughs> it was before I was homeless. Actually, it was mostly why I was homeless. I spent a good chunk of three months up here. Hiding from the linoleum and fluorescent lights. I would look out there and see all those buildings full of people who had so much more than I had. More money, more health. And I hated them for it. And one day, when I was in a particularly cranky mood, Lodger <laughs> kicked me out of the room, told me. You're surpassing cancer on my list of biggest buzz skills. <laughs> then she handed me her Bible. She says, you take that book and you go up to that room. And don't you come back in here until you have a good word to share. <laughs> I tell you what. God gave me that good word too, boy. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. It's like an unscalable wall in his own imagination. We build up those walls with our jobs and our money. We trust in trust, but they're not real. 
when your wife gets cancer? Or is it an accident? You learn that real quick. How do you know when we're building imaginary walls? Or when we're just being wise with our money? I guess when we stop thinking of it as our money. Why don't we pray for Cassie? To the real strong tower. So, starts to get a little heavy, huh? All of a sudden, the life that Frank thought he had built and created for everything to go nice and smoothly and perfect, um, he finds out that all the things he's done don't really have any effect on things that happen sometimes in real life that we have no control over. All of a sudden, those walls and, and the protection he had built around his family, they weren't as strong as he had hoped they would be. And he's pretty stressed out, right? A lot of stress going on. Um, what I want you to know today is that Jesus does not bring stress on your life. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have hard times in your life. That happens. But Jesus does not put stress on you. Look at what Jesus says in John 14, 27. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. He gives us peace, not as the world gives, but only as the Father can give. Whenever we find ourselves really stressed out and lacking in that peace that Jesus has, by the way, promised us, we might need to step back and take a look at what we're doing and see, is what I'm doing in line with what God was wanting me to do? I think a lot of times the stress, and I don't mean accidents that come upon us. I'm not saying that we deserve those. I'm saying when we get full, stressed out, we can't go on, we're so bogged down by all the daily things, we need to turn around and go, God, I know that you give peace and not stress. So what is it that I'm missing right here? Now, Frank has a lot of neat things. Would you say he's been successful? Remember the first video we saw? He's got a nice house, big pool. Even his financial planner was impressed with Frank. Remember that when he said, let's take all of this and double it? And his planner, his financial planner goes, really, double it? He said, yeah, let's, let's make sure, you know, just in case. <laughs> let's take care of everybody. Let's make sure everything is good. So he's been very successful, and he's, he's, he's put up these walls. But when push comes to, to shove, those walls could do very little. They could not protect his wife, Cassie, from a, from a mugger. His walls cannot steady the hands of the doctor as they get ready to, to do the procedures and whatever it takes to, to take care of this bleed that's in her brain. Now, let me say right now, first of all, before you all go out there and cash in all your retirement funds and give all your money away, that I am for financial planning. 
There's not, nothing wrong with that. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about it, that we need to be wise with finances. We need, the Bible says, it's good to leave an inheritance to your children and to your children's children. These are good things. But Ray had a good point. He said, he, when Frank asked him, how do we know if we're just being wise with our money or if we're building up imaginary walls? And what did Ray say? He said, maybe when you quit thinking of it as your money. See, I think all the things that the Bible wants us to do and all the good things, you know, get out of debt, you know, save money, uh, put money away for retirement, things like that. All of that stuff is really good when it begins with a perspective of all of this is not mine to begin with. It's money that God's given to me, not 10% of it, not 20%, but all 100%. And I'm asking him, what does he want me to do? Now, I should say, God doesn't want everyone to be rich. If, every, if he wanted everyone to be rich, we'd all be rich. He also doesn't want everyone to be poor. God is okay with people having money. And God, the Bible says that all good things come from him, the father of the heavenly lights. You know, he is the great father. He is the one that chooses to give to us as he sees fit. And who are we to argue with the God of the universe, right? So we take what he's given us and we begin to live in a way that honors him with all of it. Okay, so, so don't, don't hear us saying today that financial planning is bad. That's good. We're all for that. God's not trying to get every bit of cash that we have, but we have said that he is trying to get 100% of our what? Our heart. That's right. Frank's heart was clearly leaning on his financial state. Does that make sense? So that's when we begin to see the difference of someone who's, who's trying to be wise with what, get, what, what God has given him and someone who is putting all of his, his security leaning all that he has on that financial state. There's a difference there. Ray talked about the verse in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs 18.11. See, Ray wasn't always poor, wasn't always homeless, had a family, and then went through a hard time, and that's when he realized that money was never going to be the tower. Remember, he said, I looked out there and saw all the people that had more than I had, and I hated those people for it. See, that wasn't the attitude that God wanted him to have either. And so he went up to that roof to get perspective, and he took God's word, and he finds in Proverbs 18, now I'm going to do these out of order. Verse 11, it says, A rich man's wealth is his strong city, the one he built. And like a high wall in his own imagination, he thinks that I'm untouchable. No one can scale these walls. You know, in the olden days, you know, before, you know, tanks and planes and stuff like that, you know, it was a good thing to be able to build walls for security and fortresses, you know what I'm saying? And walls. And so the rich man, he says, the rich man's strong tower is his own wall that he built. And it's a, like a tall, unscalable wall in his own imagination. But he's fooling himself, isn't he? The verse before that says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. That's right. Yeah, we used to know that song. Ray, he learned the difference in tower living. The view, the perspective, the strength. Our walls that we build will crumble easily, but the name of the Lord is a strong tower and when we run to it, we are safe. Ray had experienced real hardship. His wife died of cancer. He was homeless, yet he knew where to run. 
And that was the biggest difference. I think the hardest part of being a young pastor is going to funerals sometimes when, when you experience the, the families that have lost someone in a tragedy. You know, someone who died younger than we think they should have. And I always think when that family's not believers, how do they deal with that? Where do they run to in those times of hurt and pain? Because the verse says that the righteous run into it and they are safe. Those who are living without the Lord, those who are living without the hope of Jesus in their life, where do they run in times of trouble? When he's told Frank, maybe it's when we stop thinking of it as our money. I think maybe one of the verses he was thinking about is in Job. Job chapter 31. It's right in the middle of your Bible almost. Verse 24 says this. If I have put my trust in gold or said to pure gold, you are my security. If I have rejoiced over my great wealth and the fortune that my hands had gained. And then in 28... He says, then these also would be sins to be judged, for I would have been unfaithful to God on high. When we put our faith in anything, anything other than the one true strong tower, then we are being unfaithful to him. We're talking about money in this, in this sermon series, but sometimes people put their faith in in, their, in power, in the job that they may have or the job that they may want to acquire as they climb the corporate ladder. We may put our security in our popularity in our neighborhood or, or we may put our security in the success of our children because we want other people to think that we're good parents. So when we put our security in our children, what happens when they bring home a C? Everything in the house goes crazy, right? Or what happens when they go 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts? Everybody has a cow because, oh my goodness, you're my security and I want everyone to think that you're the greatest ball player in the world so they'll think I'm a good dad. No matter what we put our security in, in this life, on this earth, it will fail. Period, 100%, unless he is Jesus Christ, the one true strong tower. Are you with me? The main passage we're going to look at today is a parable that Jesus tells. It's in Luke 12. I'll give you a minute to turn there. Luke 12, and we'll start in verse 13. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you're new to Heritage, we try our best to teach out of the New Living Translation. Um, so make it easy for everyone to understand. And that's what I'll be teaching out of today. Verse 13, chapter 12, verse 13. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Doesn't it seem like the world tells us just the opposite of that? I mean, back in Jesus' day, you know, even they wanted to have stuff. 
But they didn't have the TV and the internet and the, and the billboards of, of everyone telling us what we need to have in order to be successful. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told him a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now just take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die tonight. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Then, turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food, and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe no thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. The key verse in all of that for me is verse 31. Right? What should we be seeking first? The kingdom of God. He doesn't say... You know, don't make plans or don't be wise or, or don't try to be smart or, 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 or don't try to, to be successful. He says, before all of that, before all of it, seek first the kingdom of God. When our hearts are in a, the right place, when our perspective is that all that we have is His to begin with, and when every single day we're waking up seeking His desire, His will for our life, and we're seeking His kingdom to be a blessing to those around us, when we're trying to, to fulfill the great commandment of making sure that every nation knows the name of Jesus, when we take all of that and we start our morning off there, 
and then we go from there to do the things that we think God has told us to do during that time, then he's probably going to help us be successful, and it's going to come with peace. But when we start off our time of thinking, look at what I've done, how much can I get? Now, how can I protect what I've gotten on my own power? How can I invest to give and grow and grow and grow? And what can I get for myself and my family to make myself and my family feel protected and have what we need? And when we begin in a, in a place of that, then it doesn't come with God's peace. It comes with the stress of the world. It comes with the, with the stress of feeling like I've never got enough. The stress of I just need a little bit more time or a little bit more to where I can get to the point where I need to be. And those are not the things that God wanted to put on our shoulders. Did you hear the way he talks in those verses about how he loves the birds of the field? And about how he loves the flowers? Yet we know that when God created us, he was, he was making his ultimate creation. And the people that he was going to love forever and ever and ever were never stopping no matter how many times they completely disregarded the things that he said. How much more will he love and take care of us than the things that are, that are part of his creation for us to enjoy even? I want you to watch the little short two-minute clip here at the end as Ray sums things up for us. And then we'll spend some time in prayer after that. Frank thought he had built walls around himself. Strong, high, impregnable walls around himself and his family. He had financial security, professional security, a portfolio full of securities. But then the bottom fell out. One unexpected injury and the illusion that he was in control and could keep everyone and everything he cared about safe just felt silly. There come times in our lives that test whether we really believe what we say we believe. You can tell a lot about yourself this way. The storm strikes. Which tower do you run to? Proverbs 18.10 tells us, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Or do you run into the tower of worldly security? I learned this lesson myself the hard way. When the things you love most in this world can be hurt or taken away at any moment, there's no such thing as security against pain. To love is to be vulnerable. The only thing that stands strong forever is the character and the faithfulness of God. When you climb that tower, you get perspective on everything around you. But that climb is hard. It often means dealing with the pain or grief of whatever it is that drove you to the tower in the first place. Running to the name of the Lord means trusting in his character, running into the arms of his family, resting in the truth of his word. At the end of the day, the only security we have is a rock-solid knowledge that our lives are firmly held in loving almighty hands. Where do you run when the day of trouble comes? What are the walls you've built up against misfortune? If your fortress is built with wealth, what happens when you find out it's made of paper? Instead of investing your faith in an intentionally defective trust, what if you chose an intentionally effective trust? What would it look like to put your trust in the one tower that cannot be shaken? The name of the Lord.
Where do you find yourself today? Are, are, you, are you in a place of hurting and stress the way we found Frank at the end of the video? Are you looking for peace in your life that you just can't seem to find? Run to the tower. Leave those crumbling imaginary walls behind you and see what your world will look like from the tower of the name of the Lord. We all are going to face trouble in life. That's part of it. Jesus even told us. He said, you're going to have trouble in this life. That's what he said. And we're tested and sometimes we feel overwhelmed, but we can call on the name of the strong tower, the name of the Lord. If you're someone who has never done that, then the way that looks like is, is kind of like a story that Jesus told in a different chapter of the Bible where he talked about two sons, and he talked, it's called the prodigal son. And the one son that had left and, and had left the father's security and all that he had and his love, and he just wanted his father's money and left and spent it all. But when he came back, his father came running to him, arms wide open. And for me, one of the best examples or pictures of salvation is when we, we were born into this world, given life by God to begin with. And at some point, we make a decision to turn and run back toward the Creator, the Father. He's put a, something in our hearts that... that that gives us a desire to want to be with Him. And a lot of times we go a long time in our life seeking to fulfill that with other stuff. And we keep finding stress and, and pain instead of peace. But the day that you meet Jesus and the day you turn and decide to run back to Him, to His arms, He's not waiting there ready to whoop you for all the mistakes you've made. He, he's waiting arms wide open with a huge grin on His face. Because one of his children has decided to come home to him. And if that's you, I would say today, make today be that day. Decide to turn to the strong tower, Jesus, and put your trust in him. And if you have a question of how to do that, I would like to help you walk through that process. So would Sid. And when this service is over and everybody gets up and rushes out to do whatever they do, don't be distracted by that, but instead say, today is my day to turn to the strong tower. And you walk yourself up to the front row here where Sid or I will be, and you find us and say, it's time for me to turn my life towards Jesus. Now, what if you already are a Christian, a believer? The Bible says that the righteous run to the strong tower and they're safe there. So when things start to go wrong and we need perspective and we turn to him, what does that look like? I mean, are you, are you turning and looking for the tallest building? What am I supposed to be doing? What that looks like is, is remember when Ray's wife, who was laying in the bed in the hospital bed with cancer, she said, take this Bible and go up to the floor and don't come back till you've got some perspective. What it looks like most of the time for me is running to God's word. This is where the strong tower is. Amen? If you're a Christian, you know that. And it looks like running to him in prayer. It looks like running to his people so that we can hold each other up during times of struggle and problems and, and the things that we go through in life. That's what running to the strong tower looks like for a Christian. Running to him in his word and in prayer and to his people. 
And for the not yet believer, it means just turning to him and calling out his name, Jesus, and saying, I trust in you. You will be my strong tower from here on. I want you to spend time this week asking God to reveal your imaginary walls. If you've put up things that you thought the reason you were doing that was for security, ask him to reveal that to you. Seek his help in dismantling them and seek his help in running to him for your trust and security. The strong tower, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the one true God. The universal God, the God of the universe, the God for every single person in the world that you already created. You are the one God for all of us. And you are our strong tower. Nothing else in this world that we can put around us or build up or gain on our own power and strength will protect us from the world. None of those things will bring us the peace that you promise us. And this morning, Father, for many of us, we are seeking that peace. Teach us to turn to you and to run to your open arms, to the strong tower, so that you will reveal that peace in our lives and that we would gain some perspective on the things that are going on in our life, whether it is health or financial or relationship struggles. You are the God that gives us peace beyond all earthly understanding. And we long for that in our hearts. You are a great God and we thank you for all that you have done. Help us to see that all that we have is only from you, the giver of all good things. Teach us to live with open hands where we're willing to not just try to grab hold of so strongly to the things that we have, not to lose them, but that we're willing to accept and also give as you see fit in our lives. You are Lord of all, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen.